0: He was a prolific playwright, poet, and actor, doing his part to propagate the English language, although some say he was simply a plagiarizing imposter. Perhaps no writer in the Western world has wowed as many mortals as the whimsical William Shakespeare. To be or not to be... Join me as we suss out Shakespeare on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English, you got it. hello 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 and welcome to another exciting edition of FYI I hope you are enjoying all the different topics we delve into week after week and remember if you have any suggestions drop me a line Dime Algo. I'm very easy to find. You can find me at albertoalonso.com, which is my website. Also remember, I have a curious community, which we get together week after week, month after month, and we review the content in these episodes. So if you want to find out more about being a part of our curious community over on Patreon, check it out. You can have access to PDF documents with all the vocabulary classes every week, review classes, monthly master classes, and so much more. And I think one of the most important things is you'll be a part of our community. And I think I can speak for each and every one of you. What a great group of people. Remember, if you want more information, you can go to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And I'd like to give a shout out to all my patrons, especially my super duper students, Javier, Roberto, David, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, Edgar, and don't forget about my interstellar students, Isa, Paco, Diego, Carmen, and Diana. Thank you so much to all of you and keep up the great work. And those of you who haven't joined the community yet, what are you waiting for? I'd like to start this episode out with a little disclaimer. I'm going to be doing a British accent at many different moments in today's show. And I just want to apologize in advance. (laughs) Well, at least I don't do it as bad as Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke was a very talented actor. He played the role, the lead role, in the movie Mary Poppins. I should say the male lead. Everybody knows the female lead was Mary Poppins. So he played a British guy with a Courtney accent, and it was just a little bit too much, everybody said. So if you want to see a famously bad British accent, check out Dick Van Dyke. In Mary Poppins. Again, I'm no one to criticize, but I'll do my best. Haré lo mejor que pueda. I started out by saying he was a prolific playwright. Prolific, another way of saying productive, that he produced a lot of work in his time. And a playwright is somebody who writes plays. Then I said a poet and an actor. And it reminds me of the expression, when you rhyme and you don't rhyme on purpose, You say, I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. Well, Shakespeare was a poet only he knew it. And he did his part to propagate the English language. As we'll see in today's show, so many words we have because of this man. We have to thank him because we have expressions and words that are still in common use today in the vernacular. And we're going to look at all that stuff a little bit later on in the show. Then I said, Although, aunque, some say he was simply a plagiarizing imposter. And an imposter, I don't think I have to tell you what it is. And to plagiarize. I think those are two words you can figure out if you have a little bit of Latin knowledge. And all Spanish speakers have some Latin background. So, yeah, did you hear that? There is a theory that he was a fake, he was a fraud. And we'll take a look at that in the bonus part of today's show. Then I said, perhaps no writer in the Western world has wowed. And to wow is to surprise, to entertain. Think about it. What do you say when you're entertained or surprised? Wow. Well, it's a verb in English to wow, and I needed something with aw because I said no writer in the Western world in el mundo occidental has wowed as many mortals as the whimsical. William Shakespeare. And mortals are living people, right? An immortal person, well, that would be more godlike or maybe some kind of vampire. The rest of us are mere mortals. And I used this next adjective on purpose. I said whimsical. And this is a perfect word to describe Shakespeare's writing. Fanciful, whimsical, which in Spanish would be extravagante. It can also mean caprichoso so this word i think sums him up in a nutshell and then i said to be or not to be that is the question and well if you recognize that that was from aldea what aldea what is aldea Well, that's how you say Hamlet if you translate it. Now, obviously, I know you don't translate proper nouns, but hey, I thought I would teach you that word. Hamlet means Aldea, a small village. We also know it's one of Shakespeare's most famous characters. And then I said, join me as we suss out Shakespeare. And it's funny that I chose this word because this word I heard for the first time from a British friend. So I I thought it was quite appropriate, and to suss out is investigar, darse cuenta, enterarse, to suss out. So, are you ready to suss out Shakespeare? Agita cerveza? What? Agita cerveza. Well, Shakespeare, if you say it and you pronounce it like we would in English, it's not Shakespeare, at least not in American English. We say Shakespeare. So if you say, he shakes beer, el agita cerveza. Hey, if it helps you remember it, that works for me. But don't try and remember how it's spelled. Why? Well, we found one that we all agreed on, but he never spelt his name the way we spell it. We meaning society. Why? He was a tricky little devil. He liked to fool people. And they said that he signed his name with 80 different variations. That's right. He spelled his name 80 different ways. I guess he wanted to keep people guessing. But he never, ever spelt it the way we spell it now. So how do you spell Shakespeare? However the hell you want. It's up to you. And an anagram for Shakespeare is, I'm a weakish speller. (laughs) Soy uno que deletrea debilmente. Well, maybe that's why he never spelled his name correctly. But seriously, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, we know this is an authority as far as records is concerned. Shakespeare remains the world's best-selling playwright with sales of his plays and poetry believed to have achieved in excess of 4 billion copies sold. Four billion, that's mil millones in Spanish, and he's been dead for four hundred years. This guy is still the talk of the town. Es lo que, de lo que sigue hablando el pueblo. And not just now, back in the day, he was England's national poet. They called him the Bard of Avon. And, well, of course, the word bard, I wasn't familiar with it, but a bard is a storyteller. We don't use the word very often in American English, but it is one of Shakespeare's nicknames. The Bard of Avon. And Avon, well, because he was born in Stratford upon Avon. And I think that refers to the river that went through his town. And how many plays has he written? Well, some say around 39 plays. Well, what do you mean some say? Don't we have a a clear number? Yes and no, because some plays he co-wrote, and there are even missing plays So there are ones that he supposedly wrote and no one has ever seen. So let's just say for the sake of simplicity, around 40 plays, which means that Shakespeare wrote an average of one and a half plays per year since he started writing in 1589. He also has 154 sonnets under his belt. Under his belt is uh, a su cargo, que él ha hecho. He has 154 sonnets under his belt. And these sonnets have something to do with the plague. La peste. What? Get out of here. Well, I'll tell you more about that in the bonus part of today's show. So, I think the word we used before, prolific, I think that is an appropriate word. Also, his plays have been translated into every major living language, including Klingon, the Star Trek language. And that is more than any other playwright his works continue to be studied and reinterpreted by authors dramatists also by students who are studying by people all over the world who want to study this master and his words but where did it all start well i already told you stratford upon avon and upon means in Thimade, So, al lado de, yeah, I think more encima de would be better. He was born and raised there. And at the age of 18, when he entered manhood, he married a woman named Anne Hathaway, and they had three children together. Now, she was 26 years old when they tied the knot. Cuando se casaron, and he was 18. So I guess you could say he liked older women. And some people even dispute his sexuality. They say that there are clues in his poems, in his plays, that say that he was even bisexual, that he experimented with his sexuality. Again, this is all stuff that there are theses written on. The word thesis is I'm sure it's a word you'll recognize, but we pronounce it a little bit different. And very little is known about Shakespeare's private life, especially those early years, his upbringing. And he was a private person for being such a, a public figure. He was a private person. And there are few records. So we could say his life is shrouded in mystery if we want to be poetic like Shakespeare was. But there's a lot of speculation about his physical appearance, his His sexuality, his religious beliefs, and whether he wrote his works or not. But there's one thing that nobody will debate. This guy was very successful, hugely successful, and continues to be, as we pointed out. His plays were never published, though, during his lifetime. Yeah, so wait, but how could he be successful if his plays weren't published during his lifetime? Well, it's because, remember I said before, he was an actor as well, and a businessman, and an investor. So he was good with money. He knew how to take a dime and make it into a quarter. A dime is diez centimos, and a quarter is veinticinco. So he knew how to save money he was thrifty. He invested in property as well. So he got, he was getting paid. The only thing is he wasn't getting paid royalties for the publishing of these plays. They were not published until... Two of his fellow actors, fellows son iguales, de los tuyos, two thespians named John Hemmings and Henry Condell. And they recorded and published 36 of Shakespeare's works under a name called The First Folio. And this is the source, la fuente, of all William Shakespeare's books, all the ones that were published. So we could say, thanks to two of his fellow actors, his legacy lives on. If it had been for him, maybe it wouldn't have lived on. Ahí tenéis un poco de pasado condicional. And what about the reception? I mean, were his works immediately hits? Eran exitos inmediatamente? Yes, people got it. They got what he was doing. And it wasn't just the aristocracy. It wasn't just the well-to-do, los adinerados. Even poor people could identify with what he was doing. So he found a way to write for the masses. And he wrote all different kinds of plays. Uh, You could generally put them into three categories. Tragedy, and those such as Hamlet, Othello, King Lear, Romeo and Juliet, those are considered tragedies comedies which would be Twelfth Night and The Taming of the Shrew those are just some examples and then he had the history plays where his fascination with history was evident and examples of those are Henry IV, Henry V, and Richard III. I remember doing a monologue when I was in school. Remember, I studied acting, interpretacion, so I really had to look into Shakespeare. Let's see if I remember it. It was from Henry V. And this is off the top of my head with no rehearsal. Let's see. Once more unto the breach, dear friends, once more. Or close the wall up with our English dead. In peace, there is nothing that so becomes a man as modest stillness and humility. But when the blast of war blows in our ears, uh, uh, maybe, hey guys, I, I just impressed myself with remembering it. It might have been off, a little bit off, un poco equivocado, but that's the gist of it. La idea principal oh and just a warning i'm gonna help you right now i'm gonna give you the guide to understanding shakespeare because kind of like your buddy here in spain miguel de cervantes shakespeare spoke a different language okay a lot of the words that he used are still used today and we're going to look at that but some of them are antiquated. Some of these words come from what they would call early modern English, or another way of calling it is Elizabethan English. Now, this is also the English you'll see in a lot of Bible chapters and verses. So uh, this is good vocabulary to know. I wouldn't walk around using it in like a job interview, but hey, if you're gonna read some of the classics, you might want to know how we used to speak. The first one is doth. Doth. And this is how they used to say do. Doth thou. Doth thou means do you. That's right. Doth thou. Thou is you as the subject, cuando es sujeto. And thee is you as the object. So, did thou speak to thee? <laughs> You're thinking, what? Oh, no, it's not did. It's doff. (laughs) But I remember when I first was exposed to Shakespeare, I had to have my mom translate. So we were watching Romeo and Juliet, and i say, mom, what did he just say? And my mom would put it in layman's terms, in términos para cualquiera. She would say something like, Romeo said that he's pissed off. <laughs> Está so, hey, this is a little guide to help you understand this kind of English. Another one, hath. Thou hath would be saying you have. H-A-T-H. Hath. It's have or has. Another one, thy or thine. This one reminds me of the Bible. You'll see a lot of these words in the Bible. The next one is art. And no, I'm not talking about arte. I'm talking about how they used to say are. Yeah, the verb are. Let me give it to you in context. Let's see if you can guess what play it's from. This is really easy, even if you're not too familiar with Shakespeare. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Wherefore art thou? Where are you? <laughs> Pero en aquel entonces, Wherefore art thou, Romeo? Deny thy father. Es el thy, ahí es your. Deny thy father and refuse thy name. Su nombre. And I'll no longer be a Capulet. Yo dejaré de ser un Capulet. This is a timeless tale. Una historia que atravesa todos los tiempos. Another one you'll see in common use today. I think a lot of my Irish friends use this one to this day. And I love this one because it's practical. Because you can say you for two, and you can say you for vosotros. But back in the day, ye was how they said it. And a lot of my Irish friends still use this one. So they'll say, What did ye do last night? What did ye do? Uh, You vosotros. Again, in the States, we don't use it very often, but it's good to be familiar with these basics, especially if you're going to look at some older texts. And the last one is a kind of contraction tis and twas. Tis is, it is, tis far nobler, tis far nobler, it is far nobler. Or oh, me recuerda otro que no es Shakespeare, pero t'was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse, t'was, t'was is it was. So Shakespeare not only gave us uh, tons of words that aren't in use, but he gave us many that are in use in use. And we're going to look at those in the bonus part of today's show. What I want to take a look at now is Shakespeare's end, when the curtain finally came down. Shakespeare's last play was called The Two Noble Kinsmen, and they said it was written in 1613, when he was 49 years old. So imagine how many plays and sonnets he produced before he was 50. And as I said, during his lifetime, he became very wealthy. He had a lot of property and he was a brilliant businessman. He even had a stock company with joint stocks with his actors. What does that mean? Well, stocks on acciones. So this guy was thinking, okay, I'm a performer, I'm an artist but I got to pay the bills. Tengo que llegar a fin de mes. And he also found a way to earn a fee for each play he wrote. Un honorario, even though it wasn't published. So when he died on April 23rd, 1616, and by the way, his birthday and his death day are not really confirmed. Remember I said his life was shrouded in mystery? So both of these dates I'm giving you are the ones that are generally accepted. But on April 23rd, 1616, Shakespeare died and he was buried at the Holy Trinity Church In Stratford-upon-Avon, he was 52 years old, and supposedly he fell ill. It's another way of saying he got sick after a night of heavy drinking. Whoa. Well, we're going to find out in the bonus part, he was a bit of a party animal. And he had a twisted sense of humor. He even put a curse on his own grave. Una maldición en su propia tumba. And he dared, atrevió. Reto, he dared anyone to move his body. He said, go ahead, try it, see what happens. And the epitaph on his grave read, good friend, for Jesus' sake forbear, to dig the dust enclosed here. Blessed be the man that spares these stones and cursed be he that moves my bones. I don't know about you, But I wouldn't dream of touching those bones. I guess I'm a bit superstitious. Well, what do you think happened? Do you think anybody removed those remains? Do you think anybody dug up his grave? You bet they did. They even stole Shakespeare's head. And it's missing to this day. But we're going to find out all about that in the bonus part of today's F.Y. I...